0: Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I hope you're having a great day. Day today. We are going to have such a fun conversation today. I have my good friend Scott LaPierre with me this week, and we are going to talk about a topic that every single one of you who's listening deals with, and it's the topic of finances. And we all deal with it because we all have to deal with money and we all deal with bills and expenses and all of the things that come along with life and a homeschooling family. And so we are going to uh, just be encouraged this week by Scott. But before we do, I would like to thank our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great great online math program, go to ctcmath.com, try them out for free and see if it's a good fit for your family. Scott LaPierre, it's so good to have you back on the podcast with me. It has been a while. Um, I don't even know the last time, but you've been on with me before at least once, maybe mm-hmm. twice.
1: Yeah, it is great to be back here with you, Yvette, and have this time with you and and catch up a little bit here, how your wonderful family's doing. And so, yeah, we love you and Garrett and what you guys are doing. and. And glad to have this time with your listeners. Yeah, as well.
0: thank you. It's so funny. Before we started recording, um, I was like, I hear the screaming and the and the, the the talking and the playing in the background. And Scott is the father of nine kids, and uh, just an incredible homeschool family. As a matter of fact, you guys are one of the very first families that we mm-hmm. met with and interviewed for Schoolhouse Rocked, mm-hmm. and that was five and a half years ago.
1: Isn't crazy. it insane? It's crazy. so crazy. And your, yeah. your
0: kids were little at the time, and now you've had a few more since then. And so it's so neat to just see how the mm-hmm. Lord has grown your family and the thing that He's doing through your ministry. So in, introduce um, not all the kids, because that would take a really long time, but um, <laughs> what do you do? Tell our, our audience about you and the, La- the LaPierre family
1: sure okay so our oldest is 14 our youngest uh was born in september uh yeah so nine kids 14 to about seven months old and we had just gotten married had the conviction to let god give us what he wanted to give us not a commentary on what other people should or shouldn't do and so he could have given us three this he's given us nine katie turned 40 a few months ago maybe we'll have uh, another or more who knows um yeah and i passed her out here in washington we've been here since 2010 and i started publishing um, some books and then doing some speaking, and uh, yeah, it was great to have you guys come up and get to meet you when you're when you're doing the the documentary, um, and so yeah, my, this uh, I got to preach to my church on finances, and then Harvest House wanted to publish a finance book from me, and I was thankful for that because I like to see families be equipped to apply God's word to their decisions, their decision making, and there are lots of decisions, as you said, that we have to yeah. make. about finances, It's kind of interesting. I just thought of this, but, you know, people can think about finances and maybe not see it being very Mm -hmm. spiritual. You know, they think of spiritual and they think of prayer or worship or love or forgiveness, just these things. Um, But what really makes something spiritual is the uh, frequency it's discussed in God's word, you know? And so money is actually one of the most common topics in scripture. Jesus's parables dealt with money more than any other any other topic. And so the fact that the Bible talks about money so much means it must be important to us.
0: Yeah. So. And, and important to God for sure. I, I mean, there it, you know, it's mm-hmm. so interesting because our whole world is, is centered around finances in a lot of ways, you know, not every bit of our life, but so much of our life. And it, it affects mm-hmm. just about every area of our family, and if you've got a family who really struggles financially, or a family who doesn't—I mean, they—it's it, just a different world for both of those families, right? The the dynamics are different mm-hmm. for each one of them. And I know, depending on you know the number of kids you have, and what dad does for a job, and does mom work? Um, you know, maybe she works outside of the home, or she works from inside of the home. I mean, there just are so many factors that play into how we as Christians respond to finances. And as homeschool Mm -hmm. families, I know a lot of homeschool families, many, many are single income families. And that can be a real Mm -hmm. challenge. And then there are a lot of families who mom has to work from home because she needs to just help bring in some kind of financial support. And so I want to kind of touch on all of those things this week and just bring some encouragement to to these homeschool families, uh, but but before we talk about that, I actually want to talk specifically about homeschooling. So I want to kind of veer away really quickly from the topic of finances, and I want I want mm-hmm. you to tell us why you started, why why you decided um, with your wife Katie to homeschool your kids. But I want you to talk about that in light of your finances, because again, you talked about how you allowed the Lord to decide the size of your family. So knowing that you can have a large Mm -hmm. family, I imagine that would be um, a hard decision to make, maybe to say, you know, we're going to homeschool our kids. Or maybe you didn't really think about the financial part of it in the beginning, but you still made that decision to homeschool. Um, Was that something Mm -hmm. that factored into your decision to homeschool or what? I I mean, I want to know actually why you decided to homeschool, but I also want to know like from the the financial aspect, how that played into that decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I was not raised in a Christian home. I got saved in my early 20s when I was an elementary school teacher, actually, and I became close with this pastor of the church where I got saved, and he he homeschooled, they homeschooled their children there. I actually taught with his daughter, which is how I kind of got introduced to this church, went there, heard the gospel for the first time, and became a Christian soon after. But anyway, I saw what they did or I saw their family and I'd never seen anything like that. And I had no exposure to homeschooling and I just loved what I saw. And even as an elementary school teacher, I decided, boy, when I get married, I'd like to, I'd like to homeschool our children. And then I started seeing things in the school system that even more <laughs> convicted me to want, didn't meant plenty of things that most of your listeners or probably all of your listeners would be familiar with. Cause it's even worse now yeah. than it was, you know, seven, seventeen 17 years ago or 15 years ago. And so now I, you know, have even more reason to get get my kids away from some right. of those things that they that they would be exposed to, and so we decided. I when I was looking uh, looking, this is funny to talk about looking for a wife. but, You know, <laughs> you kind of meet women and you have your you have your requirements sure. or deal breakers. Let's say your essentials, and one of them for me, you know, your non essentials and your essentials, and an essential for me was like, you know, be a, be a homeschooling, be willing to homeschool our, our mm-hmm. children that God gives us. Not knowing at that time I'm going to be a pastor, but but interestingly, Yvette, whether you're a pastor or an elementary school teacher, there's not a large income right. associated with that. And so, I think that one of the things that could have made um, a finance book, at least one written by me, attractive to Harvest House, and I, I think this is like the tagline on the back of the book, it says like nine kids, um, one income, no mm-hmm. debt. So, they, they kind of looked and they're like, wow, this guy's got some credibility yeah. because if someone else came and talked about some of the biblical or financial principles that I discuss, they could easily, you know, you could listen to that person and say, well, it's really easy for you. You, you have a lot of money yeah. or you, um, you know, you both work or double income. Nobody's right. going to say that with us. I mean, we moved from being a school teacher to being a pastor, never, never had lots of money. And kind of that, that gives me, I think, an, a credibility to talk about mm-hmm. certain things. Um, and, you know, we've made mistakes. There's plenty of things that we wish we did better, wish we were more mature in certain areas, but by God's grace, we get to have the credibility to talk about finances, just being a single income family throughout our lives. But no, we never, we never said we don't know if we can homeschool or don't, you know, don't know if we can be single income. We basically believed and still believe that if God wants us to do something, then he is going to provide for us. And he has, and it's not not ever extravagant or luxurious, but we've always felt well taken care of. There's never been a time that we didn't have the money that we needed. And sure. I mean, there's sacrifices that have to be made. We don't, might not eat out a lot. We don't, um, you know, go to movies or it, when we do parties for our kids, they're usually kind of, kind of at home, simpler. We don't, we don't go really big for, for Christmas or birthdays and things. Um, so there, there are a few restrictions or sacrifices, but for the most part, we feel like God has really blessed us and, and taken care of us and want to give him the, the credit for that. The, you know, the glory for that because he, we believe has led us in this direction and has been faithful to provide.
0: That's awesome. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and
1: resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com board slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D That's BibleQuestClassical.com board slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D
0: we are back with Scott. Um, you mentioned the kind of tagline on the back of your book is, it, it was, so you have to say it again. It was, what?
1: Yeah, I think so. I should pull the book up, but I think it says um, nine kids, one income, no yeah. debt. Yeah, and I didn't come up with that. That's what Harvest House said. They, I guess they thought that. Yeah, it's clever. You know, kind of I, I saw that finest. on the back of the yeah. book and
0: I was like, that's <laughs> incredible to think that because most Americans today can't say that. And so walk us through... Um, kind of a financial lesson, if you will, some financial coaching, because sure. this is something that as Americans, it is just hard for Americans to stay debt-free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get caught up yeah. in that trap of debt. And so I want to walk through that. And then I, I want to talk about how those who are are just kind of captured um, by debt, how they can start over and start pulling themselves out of debt and being able to just live a more free life. But that might have to Uh, wait until Wednesday's episode. So (laughs) let's answer the first question first. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. let let, we'll start with the first question. So if, if you want to talk about, you're kind of mentioning Uh Americans and this might not be easy for, for certain, I don't, don't mean this to sound harsh, but if you're an American, you probably don't have an income problem. You have a spending Mm -hmm. problem. And I I have a whole, whole chapter on, um, spending problems versus an income problem. And we, we, we're not only the wealthiest nation in the world, we're, we're like the wealthiest people who have ever lived throughout human history. Literally and this isn't an, an exaggeration. Literally, the people in our nation who who live below what's known as the poverty line are wealthier than most people throughout human history and wealthier than many people. So the point is, generally, people in our country who are considered poor are still wealthier than most of the rest yeah, of the world. Wow. And when that's the case, when you experience that much opulence, then you kind of have to recognize that you probably make enough mm-hmm. enough money, right? And so if you make enough money well then what is the problem the problem is it deals with spending and the reason it's really important to diagnose that correctly is it puts the blame or the fault in the correct place so what i mean is if you have spending problems but you think you have an income problem you're blaming the wrong person probably your I... boss or you know if my boss only paid me more what, you know then we, and so you're not looking at yourself and the things that you need to change to be a better steward of your of your finances and so there's a lot of pretty common spending problems. Um, I can talk as, about, you know, this as much of the episode as you Yeah, let's, as, let's if, if, talk if, about that, want.
0: actually. We'll park okay. there for a little bit.
1: Okay, so okay. So, one of the most common, because I've counseled people financially, and there are a few people who will find themselves in debt or struggling financially because of like a big purchase of like, you know, that they regret. But honestly, Yvette, that's pretty few and far between. Most people don't know why they don't have more money and they sit down And it's small purchases that add up. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. It's not that they spent $70,000 on this or went and lost $80,000 at a casino. It's more like pretty reasonable people who are wondering where their 7,000 or 8,000, 6,000, whatever dollars per month are going. And you you start writing it down and it's a lot of small purchases that add up. And the reason they, they add up easily is because they are small and they're easier to make. And it's a lot easier to say, well, it's only $10 or $20 or $40. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to say, well, it's only $2,000 or 3000 And so when, but all, when you start spending the $20 here, $40 here, it ends like, I'll just give you w- one example, a gentleman or a woman who let's say gets coffee on the way to work, You know, swings by Starbucks and that spends their $5 Can we say Dutch Brothers there, instead and- of Starbucks? <laughs> okay. Let's say Dutch brothers. Yeah.
0: We do so, not promote Starbucks um, on this podcast.
1: <laughs> okay. That sounds good to me. Just plain. Yeah, That sounds good to me a bit. So we'll say Dutch brothers. Um, And you know, or let, you get your, your Dutch brothers and you do that five times per week. It's uh, most people don't know that within a few years, it's, and that ends up being $7,000 wow. if you do the math. And so, and that's just coffee. Yeah. And so as soon as you're adding in the eating out, going to the movies, the number of other things, it's an incredible amount of money that is being spent on small purchases that, that add up. And you really got to kind of sit down with people and have them, they'll say, well, here, here, you know, to use a round number, let's say they make $6,000 per month and they say, okay, you know, two or 3,000 goes to our mortgage. We still, and then our, our car payment, and then we still have $2,000 left over. We don't know where it's going. And that's, and so they write this down and you see, that's where it's going. Um, Another thing, another spe- big spending problem for people is what I call worthless purchases. And by worthless, I don't mean that it's lacks value. I mean it lacks value to the person that bought it, or it's not necessarily uh, completely worthless, or else they probably wouldn't buy it. I mean it's worthless to the person that purchased it. Yeah. And the way to determine whether a purchase is worthless or not is whether it has worth or value for you in the near future. And so if you purchase something regardless of what it is, and you don't use it or it doesn't benefit or profit you in a week or two weeks or a month, then that was a worthless purchase for you. And many mm-hmm. of us have lots of worthless purchases. Those things that we bought and found that they, we didn't do anything with them. They just sat in our house, yeah. you know? Um, so that's another, that's another uh, spending problem. Uh, and then I say spending problems often also result from entitlement. That feeling that we deserve this and, and, you know, just interrupt me if you, no, if no. I'm talking too much, but I'm
0: actually making okay, notes Okay.
1: So here. those, <laughs> okay. So, so those words, you know, I deserve this or I yeah. earned it. I mean, have caused so many problems for people. It's very easy to feel like, well, I worked hard. I, I need to reward myself. And so then uh, self-entitlement, it's a, it's a pretty big theme in scripture. I think sometimes people don't even recognize that's actually what's going on but even the original sin the fall you know when the devil's talking to eve he caused her to feel entitled he he basically said you know you should ha- be like god your eyes should be opened you shouldn't have to go without he told you not to do this he doesn't want you to be happy you should know you should have the knowledge of good and evil and so then you sh- you know you should be like him and so he causes her to feel entitled and that's what's behind that um that sin there and and it's the it's what's behind many sins but it's especially um a part of bad purchases because that's often what has caused us to 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 buy that in the first place.
0: Talk about you know oftentimes well you know you go to a yard sale I love yard sailing um, or even to a Good. store or whatever and you find something that you're just like oh I you know I would love this new shirt or I would love this new candle or whatever and and we'll talk about this because I'm I'm assuming that you have a system for this somewhat like an envelope system but mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes to process you like do I really need this or do I really want this. And figuring out what the best decision is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do know what you're saying. And so what, and I'll, I'll get a little momentum going into answering that. One of the other um, causes of spending problems is impatience. Mm. It's I want it and I want it now kind of thing. And the alternative to that is being patient, but being patient requires knowing ahead of time, what you want to buy. It requires, you know, planning. And there's, there's a lot of uh, spending problems because of those few words, you know, I want it now and and so a good approach is to go to the store with an idea of what you're going to buy you know have a list but one of the other things that i've i've really stressed and katie and i have tried to apply this is what we call like a two-week uh, a two-week window because generally the regret that people feel associated with purchases occurs within a week or two and if people will determine to wait two weeks before making that purchase It will usually allow them to avoid making a purchase that Mm -hmm. they shouldn't. And also the other way to determine whether you should, it's like, I I wish I can remember the the address off the top of my head or exactly how it's worded. But the idea that the, you know, the buyer walks away saying that they got this really good deal um, and the seller acts like they got ripped off. But the reality is, I mean, I was a business major. What marketers do is they make you feel like you're ripping them off. They make you feel like you're getting this Mm -hmm. good deal. And rarely, rarely do you meet people who say anything other than I got right. this really great deal. I mean, if, if everyone was getting uh, um, as many great deals as they, they talk uh, you know, about getting, then nobody right, would be right. in business, right? <laughs> I wanna be, so the fact is successful marketers cause people to feel like they're getting a good deal, but often you're not. But at the same time, there can be good sure. deals. You know, you, so, so then the question becomes, well, how do you know whether you're really getting a good deal or whether it's a bad deal? And it requires research. And so I recommend that two-week window because during that two-week window, that's when you can do the research that allows you to determine whether it's a, a good deal or not yeah. for you.
0: interesting. All right, we're out of time. This it, this time goes by so fast and I love talking about this topic. So um, we're gonna come back on Wednesday. We're gonna continue talking about this. I wanna talk about how to, how to plan a budget, um, just give some very practical ways because I think we assume that everybody knows how to do that but not everybody does. And then how, if we're caught in the trap of debt, how to start over um, and get out of that trap. And then I want to talk about some other things too. So um, you... You have a new book out. It's called Your Finances God's Way. Um, We will put a link to that in the show notes. And where can people find out more about you?
1: My website, scottlafierre.org. So if you want to put my website in the show notes, that's kind of the hub. Everything goes out from there, you know, find books or speaking engagements and messages and things like that. But yeah, my website is Okay,
0: awesome. We will put those links in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've not yet seen Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserocked.com. Scott has seen the movie. Did you love it, Scott?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you guys did a great job. Um, not that because very professional, of us. you guys are, yeah, it's great. Thank you. I that, watched it as a family.
0: Your kids will love it, yeah, yeah, thank you. Sorry, I shouldn't put you on the spot like that. you like, did you love our movie? <laughs> I should say, did you love God's movie? Because it's not our movie. <laughs> It's totally the Lord's movie and he's doing amazing things. We love the
1: movie that God produced through you and Gary. That's
0: right. That's, that's what the point is. (laughs) Scott has done amazing, amazing things through it. So, and you know, several people who were in it. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's always fun to watch a movie with people who, you know, Mm -hmm. so. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Scott. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Have a great afternoon. Bye.